0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest is Rico the Stylist, former WWE Tag Team Champion. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, how are you feeling right now um, over there in uh, Vegas?
1: Vegas is getting hot. I think we hit triple digits already. Uh, except with this COVID-19 thing. I have, I've been practicing uh, social distancing, so I don't go out much. Uh, I only go out to work. <clears throat> and due to my uh, police officer background, I work for a security company now that protects uh, state property. So right now I'm securing, you know, graffiti, vagrants, stuff like that, so I'm, I'm protecting state properties right now.
0: Yeah, that's good, Your social distancing and taking care of yourself, because for a while you were uh, pretty sick there a little bit.
1: Yeah, 2016, January, 2016, I uh, got really sick, and I didn't know what it was, and eventually, a lot of people know the story though, um, I was getting sick for about a year, things were happening, all through 2015 uh, arms going numb, uh, legs uh, hurting uh, going numb at the hip uh, tingling in my neck, uh, like tunnel vision uh, for forgetfulness, you know, not remembering certain facts, I mean you're a policeman you can't have that uh, migraine headaches. And then in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in January 23rd, I remember the day, I called in sick. I stayed in bed two days. I couldn't breathe. Um, my ex-wife said, let's go to the hospital. Took me to the hospital. Uh, I told them I couldn't breathe. They took chest X-rays. They said, well, we can't find nothing. You want pain medicine? I said, no, I just want to be able to breathe. And they said, we'll give you pain medicine. I said, I don't want pain medicine. I want to breathe. Well, there's nothing we can do. So I went home and I laid in bed for another nine days. Wow. I couldn't get up, dizzy, felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And then she says, I made an appointment. You're going to go see your doctor. So I went in February 2nd and the doctor looked me over and then heard me cough and said, listen, I want, I want you to go to a, imaging, I need a CAT scan of your chest so that was for the next morning that was about 2 in the afternoon when I saw her and I went in that morning and they did a chest x-ray and told me to wait in the lobby I waited and they said okay you can go and I didn't get 5 blocks 6 blocks from the imaging center and they called me and said get back here pick up this CD I said why? they said just come back and pick up the CD as soon as I heard Phone from them, my doctor called and said, Check yourself in the hospital right now. You got to go to the hospital right this second. What's wrong? She says, Check yourself in. I said, I got a gun on me. I'm not going to a hospital with a gun. I'm going to go secure my weapon, then I'll check myself in. She says, Better check yourself in the hospital. It's an emergency right now. So I told her, Yes, I'll, okay, I'll go right now. Well, I went home and the ex wife drove me in the hospital, found out I had a blood clot, almost the size of a ping pong ball. And each lung almost killed me.
0: Wow. The
1: hospital, yeah. I leave in the hospital for about 10, 10, 11 days. Uh, they were giving me breathing treatments and stuff like that. Then all this other stuff started coming out. It was there. It just, I was just too stubborn to recognize any of the symptoms. I was just going through it. And I said, oh, you're getting older. You took a beating your whole life, you know, between American gladiators playing Batman and the Conan show, stuff like that. Power team. I just, you know, WWE caught, you know, I just thought it was just me getting old. Uh, caught pneumonia two months later. Uh, that almost did me in. It was on like 16 different prescriptions. Two of them had side effects. I had degenerating discs in the neck, two in the neck, two in the back, neuropathy. Uh, I had to skit with a CPAP machine. I, could, I was stopping breathing during my sleep. And uh, between 15 to 18 times an hour, because this thing had a, it would send the information to the sleep center. And I would have it on an app, so I could tell how many times I stopped, the duration, uh, if the mask had the right seal, if it was pumping the right air. Bah, bah, bah. I started gaining weight. I bloomed up to like 272 pounds. So I wasn't looking good. And I, for three years, I laid in bed for 20 hours a day. I only got up to pick up my granddaughter from school. Drop her off and pick her up. That's the only time I got
0: up. Otherwise, I was in bed. Damn. Three years. Also, um, there was a GoFundMe page for you as well. And uh, Chris Jericho uh, gave you uh, $3,000 for that GoFundMe page. Yeah.
1: I didn't want the GoFundMe page and I didn't want the PayPal page. Kenny Bowen <clears throat> told me, okay, yeah, right. And a gentleman by the name of Chris Featherstone started the GoFundMe and Kenny Bowen started the PayPal. And even Cauliflower Alley helped me so I couldn't lose, helped me uh, so I didn't lose my house. Yeah. Because I was trying to get on medical retirement, but that takes time. That mm-hmm. took about six months. So I didn't get a paycheck. I exhausted all my vacation time, my sick time, my catastrophic leave. You know, all that time I was on the department, I exhausted it all. And then I was getting paid nothing. So uh, the GoFundMe page, and then the PayPal, and then Cauliflower Alley. And like I said, Chris Jericho was a big donator for that. He helped out tremendously. He even came to my house, and since I couldn't, Leave. He interviewed me for
0: his show, Talk Is Jericho, right here. That had to been cool, and that was nice of him. I've met Jericho, and he's a very genuine, legit dude. Oh yeah, he helped all well, my. He's my
1: granddaughter's hero. Are you kidding?
0: He still loves it. Oh, that's awesome. Now um, let's talk to a little bit more about your life and career. Um, you competed in the American Gladiators, and you were the fall champion.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was um, back when I was 28 uh, I injured myself, worked in construction and I was at home and I, a commercial came on and this guy Gemini said, oh you got what it takes, be a contender on the American lot, try out, rah rah, 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 I said, oh my god this guy's talking to me so I you know, I nursed my injury and I started training for the show and the show had come on in 1989 as yeah. a pilot. And uh, so I started watching tapes. I started training myself and um, watching what they do on the show. You know, found out what, go- I, like like you do football. You yeah. Know, you watch tapes or basketball, you watch tapes and you find out who's good at what and what their events are, are like. <sighs> so I did that. And then there was a tryout. And I think it was either 12,000 nationwide or 15,000 nationwide. I'm not sure. It was either twelve or 15,000 nationwide. I think it was a five-city search. It went to five different cities and had tryouts. And I tried out at Universal Studios. In fact, when I tried out, there was a show called Inside Edition that followed me around while I tried out. Really? Hilarious. Yeah. I was wearing spandex. Yellow spandex with tiger stripes on it, and a tank top, black tank top with this yellow and yellow spandex on the tiger stripes uh, under my arms. It was, it was hilarious. But the tryout in itself was a killer. The first thing you had to do was 30 pull-ups, no, 25 pull-ups in 30 seconds. Okay. Everything was pass and fail. So if you didn't do the 25 pull-ups in 30 seconds, next, next. And then you had to do a 40-yard dash in so much time. Then you had to do, like, a ladder race. You know, to touch a line, come back to the original line, go touch a further line, original line, further line. It was a five-line, like, a shuttle race thing. I don't know what they call that. And then you had to do a one-on-one tug-of-war against another t- t- contender. And then you had to go do powerball. One time you were on offense, you had to put the ball in the bucket. And the other time you were on defense, you had to keep the guy from dunking the ball, and then there was an on-camera interview, and then you waited, and then a guy came up to me after I finished the contenders' uh, tryout. He says, "Come on with me." I said, "Okay." Some little guy, I didn't know he was. He says, "I want you to try out here." I said, "I've already tried out." He goes, "No, no, that's the contender. I want you to try out here. This is the gladiator tryout." I said, "Oh, really? Yeah." So I tried out for the gladiators. Tried out to be a gladiator. And so they sent me a letter. I passed everything and then they sent me a letter and they said they wanted me as a contender. So I went in as a contender. <clears throat> and out of the fifth out of the twelve or fifteen thousand, uh, they picked twenty men and twenty women. And then they do the show.
0: That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, after you uh, competed and won and became the fall champion, uh, did they um like you were talking about? You know, trying out for the gladiators. Did they did they still wanted you to still become a gladiator? Well,
1: at the time before I started, they they said if you won, you could be a gladiator. Uh uh-huh. That's what I was trying to do—is become a gladiator. Yeah. Well, the, the creator of the show, Elvis Lookalike, Uh, He and I did not get along
0: okay, at all
1: during the show. So there was heat between me and this guy. So when I won, I just won. That was that. I was never offered to come back as a gladiator.
0: Hey, at least you did that. I used to watch that show. That show was pretty intense and interesting, man.
1: (laughs) It's on on Hulu now. Hulu and... uh, Hulu and... I don't know, I just, somebody told me about it and they, they're they counting my season as season
0: two. I'll definitely have to check one. that. I'll definitely have to I mean, check it, that. It's
1: on one of these things. It's on Hulu, it's on... <clears throat> what's that other one?
0: Um, you got Hulu, you got Amazon. Could it be Amazon? I don't
1: know. But I, 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 I don't know. It, was, it was on and I got to watch it and I saw myself when I was 28 and went, wow, it brought back memories. I bet it did. Um, um, yeah, I know it's on Hulu because where I work out, when I walked in and joined, two of the attendants dropped their jaw. You're Rico. I'm like, oh my God. they <laughs> you know me from wrestling.
0: restaurant.
1: Yeah, yeah, i I just saw you on American Gladiators. I'm like, hey, that was 30 years ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. No,
1: no, you're on Hulu. You're on Hulu. I just saw you. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <I'm> on Hulu. <laughs> hey, that, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I tell you what, I had a hell of a mullet back
0: then. That bitch, you-
1: you'll see. In fact, my mullet was so good, I called it a mullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another question I'm going to ask you too. Before we uh, keep on going about your story, um, let's talk about those chops you had. On, uh, on the side of your on each side of your uh, face this, oh, now
1: you're going from Gladiators to WWE um, I'm going
0: to go there. Um,
1: fast.
0: no I wanted to go uh, talk about the chops and then from there we can uh, okay. uh, talk okay, about chops. yeah uh,
1: okay uh, I was OBW like I said I got called up mm-hmm. uh, for 90 days Travel traveled with me Brock Ron Waterman Randy Orton. Yeah, four of us. And they were trying to find out what they were going to do with us. Mm-hmm. And we were wrestling dark, the house shows, yeah, dark magic. So, you know, one night I was a face, the other night I was a heel, I want a face, heel, heel, face, face, heel, whatever they wanted me to do. So I was talking to Scott Levy, Raven, towards the end of my 90 days, and he goes, what do you like, Be a face or a heel. I said I like being a heel. He said you got to do something about your face. I said well, what do you mean? He goes you're too much of a pretty boy. He says do something. Got to grow some sideburns or something. Uh, You know you're too too pretty to be a heel. So he wanted me to grow the honky tonk sideburns. Okay. Well, there's already been. uh, I've already been honky tonk sideburns. And the rock had his sideburns. You know. And I went well. I know what I'm going to do. These are the sideburns I'm going to grow. So when I ended up getting
0: called up, I was right in the middle of, of growing these things. I mean, I was Wolverine before Wolverine was Wolverine. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, speaking of OVW, um, that's where you started off at, the you know developmental territory for uh, WWF back in the day. Um, when you got there, uh, you met um, uh, Jim Cornette. And when he first met you, he thought you were a, a younger guy for... How old you were? Because you were a little bit older when you uh, got into uh, pro wrestling.
1: Well, that was just a tryout. Mm -hmm. I got called when I was in Vegas. I was wrestling for a a small league in Mm -hmm. San Bernardino called the Empire Wrestling Federation. Mm -hmm. And Jesse Hernandez sent a tape up. Well, Howard Finkel called me, Uh rest his soul. Said, hey, do you want to try out for WWE? We're having a 10-day tryout up here in Stanford. Well, we'll fly you up and you'll try out. I said, sure. So when I went to the tryout, I was, I was the last, I took part in the last Dory Funk Dojo. Oh, The last Dory Funk Dojo. So, uh, Dory and his wife and Dr. Tom ran the, the camp. I was there with Mark Henry, Nicole Bass, you know, a few other people, and, um, we wrestled. We did our, you know, t- ten day trial. In two of the days, we wrestled two National Guard places uh, in Killer Kowalski's territory. And the first night, I wrestled Mark Henry with Cornet there with the racket. The second night was a tag match. And uh, Tom, Dr. Tom said, "I think they're going to offer you a developmental deal." And all of a sudden. I told everybody from the beginning I was 38 and a half years old. I never lied about my age. I was 38 and a half. And um, all of a sudden, corner said, I hear your Cornet yelling and screaming, where is that? Blah, blah, blah. And then he came up to me and he goes, oh, I just found out how old you were. I said, oh, yeah? He said, you're 38. I said, yeah. What the Robert? He was screaming and hollering. I was like, what's wrong? I thought you were twenty five. I said, No, I'm thirty eight. Holy yeah, rah, 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 rah and he walked away. <laughs> uh, you know, uh after he calmed down, that that's cornet. He gets real hot quick. Yep. But he, he gets over it. So by the time the show was done, you know, um, he sat down and he says, Well, listen, they're sending me to a place called Ohio Valley Wrestling in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Right there at the Louisville, you know, Kentucky, Indiana yeah. border, I want you to come wrestle with us at OVW, or give you a developmental deal. And then he told me what it was only five hundred dollars a week, and I was like, "Yay, yay, yay!" I was like, "Great, I have family at home or something." So I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll, you know, let me go home and talk it over with the wife." So. Uh, ended up talking to Yokozuna uh, for a little while and Yoko told me this is what got me which we talked a lot Uh and he says do you know how many people would give their left arm to get what you're going to get and I kind of went well you're right so I signed
0: yeah that's a great uh, promotion and um, when you got there you got to work with uh, uh, Rip Rogers tell me a little bit about Rip (laughs)
1: RIP. Oof. RIP is RIP. There's only one RIP. I've never... I've been around this bull three times. Uh, professionally, uh, wrestling, uh, bodyguarding. I've never met anybody like RIP Rogers. Guy yeah, says what he means, means what he says. And he don't put it up with nothing. I mean, uh, he don't do what he says. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I told you, but we had a tag match one time. And oof, the three guys weren't doing what Rip wanted, and he just turned around and left the, left the ring, just walked to the back, and just left television. Left us out there <laughs> to finish the match. That was it. He just—he's a crazy guy.
0: Yeah, he means business too. And um, since, oh yeah,
1: since, old 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 school. Yeah, that's v- what's missing nowadays.
0: Yeah, very old Third school. Old school.
1: All you know, all the k fame, all the no heel face interactions. You keep your character going. You know you don't get caught out in public. You know talking to each other and stuff. Was, he was old school. Taught you a lot of old tricks. Taught you how, taught you how to work to be a worker. You know none of this high flying. You know high spot crap. He, he wasn't into the high spot. He was into technique old-school wrestling, wrestling.
0: Yes. Not wrestling, wrestling. And he taught you the basics. Um, Also, since you were over uh, at OVW, you know, uh, working away there, um, you end up tagging with a young John Cena, and then eventually you guys were the tag champions. So what was that like, working with a John Cena over at OVW? Well, I,
1: well, You slipped over a lot. What what happened was, I was the face. I was the top face. I was the first developmental dude there. And I was the top face. I got hurt, and Kenny Boland asked Cornette to bring me back as a heel. And, of course, Kenny told... Cornette told Kenny, no way, he's our top baby face. And Boland said, give me six weeks, and he will be your top heel. So, six weeks, I was the top heel. And... Then they signed Cena, and they brought him in as my prototype. So he ended up being—he Cena came right into Bowling services. So uh, we were tag—we were, we were tag partners, and then we ended up winning the Southern Tag Team Championship. Not not soon after that, we just worked well together, and like—and you can tell his promos were awesome. Bowens' promos. Ross, and I not three of them, I, I was the least experienced with troubles. I would follow Bowen's lead. And the good thing about being under Bowen is because Kenny, Ken, not Kenny, Cornett, would tell you what he wanted, but sometimes he would leave stuff out, then you'd go out there and do it, and he'd be mad because it wasn't what he wanted, it wasn't mm-hmm. what he pictured in his brain. Kenny and... Kenny... Yeah. Jim Cornette and Kenny Bowen have known each other like 40 years. Okay. So when Jim would say something, Kenny could decipher it. You know, and we would get promos and hit him right on the button. And in fact, I think out of a year and a half I was there, I only missed one spot during a television show. One. Because Kenny understood everything Jim wanted. And by the time we went out there, you know, it was what it was, but, but Kenny... Is what uh, Cornet
0: wanted. Hey, that's oh,
1: so, cool. I was lucky. A lot of people weren't so lucky.
0: Shoot, you were lucky as far as
1: John, as far as John, John Cena. Uh, he, he used to tell me, "Listen, all I do, all I want to do is kick, stomp, punch. You do the rest of the fancy stuff." Now, basically, if you look back at all the Obw tapes, that's all that's all John did: kick, stomp, punch. Unless he did a team move. You know, double hip a you know, double elbow, you know, or, uh, you know, double back, back body drop, double hip toss. You know, in case we did a, a, a tag team move, you know. But that's all, that's all it was with Cena. I mean, he could cut a promo like nobody's business.
0: Oh, he still can.
1: Well, <laughs> so, I'm just telling you, he didn't develop that over there. He had it.
0: Oh, I told that it.
1: part of the business now.
0: Oh, I totally believe it. Um, yeah,
1: he he got—he went on a trip on overseas, and him and some, him and a couple other people on the bus were doing that freestyle rap where they just make up as they go. Yeah, and Cena, they were talking about how great Cena was at that. So, so talking's always been Cena's great point.
0: Oh uh, yeah, you can tell when he's on the mic; you can tell it's like yeah. very natural. All right, and then um, after your year and a half, you were of OVW, and then you you had your tryout with WWE. Um, tell me what was it like in your experience over at uh, WWE? Uh, uh, actually, I was just going there for ninety days because they were just going to cut me. Vince really didn't like me because I was too old. Uh huh. And
1: you know, I was I was older than DDP when I started. I think DDP was thirty six. I was thirty eight and a half. Okay. I debuted on television at 40. So, in fact, the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi, goes, Funny, you're funny. I said, What do you mean? He goes, I retired at 40, and you're a rookie at 40. That's what he told me. I was like, Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, as far as doing the house shows and stuff like that, Cornette, Jim Ross, And Stone Cold Steve Austin basically asked Vince, or I told Vince, give him 90 days. If you can't think nothing of it for him, then he'll go home. Because Cornette and a letter to them said, you know, Rico's done everything we've asked. He's been a fake. He's been a heel. He goes to all the promotions for the show. He tears the ring down, he puts it up, he helps everybody. He goes to the children's hospital. He re- he's a good representative of OVW. He'd be a great ambassador for WWE. Just think of, Just give him 90 days and see if you can think of something. So they did. So then that's when, like I said, all four of us went up there. And um, as I remember, I was, I was getting ready to go out and wrestle and Miss Jacqueline and Stephanie were behind stage at a house show and they were talking to each other and they were looking at me as I was stretching, getting ready to go out and they were giggling and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm just being paranoid and they would talk back and forth and they would laugh and they look over at me and laugh again and I'm like, geez, my fly down? I look down and I'm, oh, I don't have a fly, I'm wearing tights. Uh, what is hilarious well I'm not going to go walk up to at man but what are, you, what are you laughing at Yeah, you know we don't, we don't do that to the boss so afterwards I got Jacqueline and I, and I said what are you guys laughing at oh nothing I said come on come on what were you laughing at oh nothing Did I ask you a question I said yeah would you dye your hair bleach blonde I said they asked me to yeah okay and that was it. That's all I knew. <laughs> so, I didn't know what was coming. And then I'm at home on one of the weeks I have off, and then I get this phone call Sunday night, Monday. Uh, we need you up in Ottawa. What? Yeah, we're, 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 we're e-ticketing you to Ottawa. Get up here. Uh, what do I bring? Just, just bring yourself. Just get up here. Uh, those no, little, uh, email you the ticket. Okay. What am I doing? Just get up here. Okay. So I show up in Ottawa, and then I get advised that, okay, you are going to be Billy and Chuck Styles. Uh-huh. And I'm waiting for something to follow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And nothing. And I'm looking at them, and I'm, they're looking at me. And I'm looking at them. And I said, okay. What kind of stylist? Right, you're, just, you're just their stylist. What, hair stylist? Foot stylist? What? What kind of stylist? You work it out. Or you flesh it out, I was told. You flesh it out. And I went, oh my God. And they would just walk away. And I'm thinking, stylist? Stylist? So now my brain's is on overload and I, and I don't know what to wear cause I don't have anything. So I wear a black shirt and black pants and I go out there and I spin kick Matt's head off during the match and they retain the title. And I started really, you know, going, okay. And I even told Billy, I said, Billy, I barely know how to wrestle. I don't know even the first thing about managing. And now they got me as a manager. Billy Gunn said, don't worry about it. I got your back. Just just do what I say. You'll be fine. Okay. So Billy took it in the under his wing there. So because I didn't know how to manage. Like I said, I barely knew how to wrestle. So uh, I went home and start, hmm?
0: Go ahead. I'm listening to you. Oh. So I went home. And I started thinking stylist and stylist
1: and started going through my head and it hit. Pop. Blink. Light bulb went off. I said, "Stylist, I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be one of them New York high paid image consultants that change people's image and and build them up. And that's what I'm going to be—an image consultant." I said, "Okay, I'm already growing these sideburns. All right, I'm going to grow them out. That's what I'm going to do. Like like Wolverine. That's what. Okay, I'm going to do that. And then I called The Godfather." who was kind of just semi-retired. And I, I know him as Bear, because I've, I've known the godfather, because he was here in Vegas, I was here in Vegas. We knew each other in the 80s.
0: Okay.
1: And I said, hey, Bear, I said, where'd you get your clothes? I gotta, I gotta get some of these weird clothes. They got me doing this gimmick, and I, I, think I, need, I think I got, I think I know what I need to do. He goes, go to this flea market It's located here off of Oki, blah, 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 blah. And I went in there and I started picking out clothes. Alligator suits, snake suit suits, tiger stripes. You know, I just started going to town. YMLO shirts, uh, put belly button rings in my ears. So if I wore uh, the black suit with the blue shirt. Oh, my my glasses were blue, my earrings were blue. I wore a red shirt, the red lenses, red belly button earrings, you know, stuff like that. Color coordinated and stuff. And then I started coming out with that
0: attitude, like I'm from New York, and I'm, a, I'm an image consultant, and, and uh, then it started to work. And uh, that—that's how Rico the stylist. That's how that got born. That's pretty cool. Um, also, um, part of you know the you know since you were Rico the stylist, um, tell me a little bit about the infamous wedding, uh, Bill and Chuck's wedding.
1: Well, well, well. That was. Eh. I really don't know who really. I think maybe Stephanie came up with that originally. Uh huh. But up until that point, I never really had long promos. Yeah. And my first, my first promo, promo was about a page and a half, and it's when Billy proposed. Or I mean, when Chuck proposed to Billy on TV. Yeah. And that was like a page and a half, and then the wedding. That was about four and a half pages worth of memorizing and hitting my cues and stuff like that. Talk about being a bundle of nerves! Wow, I had a couple different endings, and uh, the funny thing was, is uh, it was it was called a commitment ceremony, you know, yeah. and we couldn't, you know, since it was, you know, two guys, we had a minister, uh, so uh, Vince got this minister. And he brought him in his limousine, and it was an old guy, and she had like the oh, the shakes, like Michael J. Fox. I don't know what that's called.
0: Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. Uh, what's that? Is that Parkinson's, I think
0: it's called. Yeah, it's but Parkinson's. He shook,
1: he, shook up, he shook like that, and Vince doted on him the whole day. Because at TV tapings, you get there about noon. And you're there, and they're developing the show, and it changes, and they develop the show, and about six or seven, then they shoot Velocity, and then they go into the the taping of SmackDown. Yeah. Well, this old guy's there all day around Vince. So, you know, yeah, and as everybody knows, you know, Vince catered to this guy, brought him his lunch from the catering table, sat with him, was friendly with him. So nobody knew anybody anything different except a few people. Yeah. Me, Billy, Chuck, Rosie, Jamal, Stephanie, and uh, under that mask was Eric Bischoff. Everybody knows now. And I say that if that would have been raw, well, that'd have been the best K Fabe event in wrestling history.
0: Oh, I told I totally believe it.
1: Nobody knew any different because when he, when he said, wait a minute, did I hear myself say three minutes? Everybody in the back and everybody in the audience all inhaled at the same time. Because <laughs> I know because my ears popped. Because everybody went, oh, oh. And no, like I said, and then it was, Eric peeled off his face and it was him. So if that would have been raw, uh, the only way it ruined because the dirt sheets got it. And by the time it hit SmackDown, everybody knew Eric was the minister.
0: Wow! Raw or live, either the
1: Raw or live, that still would have been the best kayfabe event in wrestling history.
0: Um, from there, what made you go towards more of the openly gay character?
1: Mm, who said I was
0: gay? <laughs> hey, who
1: said the stylist was gay.
0: <laughs> hey, I was just asking the question.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, but, but wait a minute. Who said the stylist was gay? Now, I'm not saying good or bad, but I'm just saying what, what happened. What 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 could say that? I mean, how, what made you say that he was? How what? could you? How could anybody? Not just you. General uh-huh. question. Yeah. What proved, What what incident proved? That the stylist, Rico
0: the stylist, was a gay person. Hey, that's a good question. It could have went either way. You wore some flashy clothes.
1: No, you didn't know.
0: Nope, you didn't.
1: And, and, at the end of the wedding, what was it? (laughs) Why didn't Billy and Chuck go through (laughs) with it? What did they say it was? It was a publicity stunt. That's why I got so mad when they when they didn't exchange vows. Uh-huh. That's why, I, and I had a contingency plan. And that's when Eric did what he did, and listen, three in the morning came out and smashed the hell out of Billy and Chuck, and some more dropped Stephanie, and then I jumped her off. Okay, you see,
0: yes. So
1: now you don't know if a stylist was gay or not. N- nothing says he was or was not.
0: Yes, that's totally true.
1: Okay. So, moving ahead, because now Billy and Chuck and the stylist have broken up. I'm with three minute warning. Okay, so I get to I get to wrestle Ric Flair the next week on Raw, and I go over on Rick. I think that was Vince's way of saying thank you. You did a good job on the wedding. You didn't miss up. You didn't miss a thing. You hit every cue, and it went off just like I saw it. So I guess I got to go over on Ric Flair, which was a big highlight in my career. So uh, God bless both their souls. I mean, rest in peace for both of them. But Jamal got in some trouble in Florida. So Vince fired him. So he called have like two-minute warning. And that's when Rosie and became shit. Superhero in training with the hurricane. And then that's when Triple H asked me, through Vince... If I could be this Adrian Street character, exotic Adrian. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, why me? And Triple H's words was, Vince says you're the only one that can pull it off. All right, is, 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 is he still alive? Yeah. Do you know where he's at? Yeah. I want to meet him. I want to talk to him. I want to ask him what he did. To make it successful, and how do I bring that character into the millennium? Mm-hmm. You know, because I can't—I couldn't do what he did in the seventies. I'd have been shot, openly assassinated, because he was mistreating his valet. You can not you can't do that nowadays. Yeah, you can't mistreat a woman. Yeah, you know, women's lives and everything else going on—that—that have that'd, that'd been too much for TV. So he flew me down the Gulf Breeze. I met Adrian, and who his ally was, his name Linda, that was his actual wife, and we talked for a long time, 10, 11 hours, and we discussed a game plan, and uh, so I went back to Vince and, and Stephanie, and I said, okay, uh, he gave me his permission, and this is what we're going to do, this is what we think. And for him letting me plagiarize his character, he had a, a wrestling company that made costumes, wrestling gear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it was called Skull, Skull Crushers. I said, okay, for the next year, I will buy everything from you. All my outfits, I will buy from you for a year. So that's what I did. Now, this character is supposed to come out as a heel. I was supposed to be a heel. And um, so... They were gonna give me Molina from ECW. And I said, uh, okay, why Molina Well she can wrestle. I said, I don't need somebody who can wrestle. I need I need a bombshell. I need a blonde bombshell. but well, who do you have in mind? I said, Jackie Jada. Well, no, no, we sent her down to OBW and this is right after her and Linda Miles had that horrific match with Trish Status on Monday Night Raw.
0: Yeah. And
1: they sent her back down to OBW, they were gonna release her. I said, I need her to make this work. Can't have her. It ain't going to work. So Stephanie gave in, said, okay, you can have Jackie, but she'll never wrestle. I said, I don't care. I just need her to dote on me and think I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And then hand me some lipstick, spray hairspray in some guy's eyes, uh, give me a comb, help me win, but dote over me. I mean, make, 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 make. Just, I'm the best thing that she's ever seen. She's in love with me. And that's how we're going to make this work. Okay. So, that's what they did. And then, um, the heel thing started to work. But I kept thinking of funny stuff to do that would embarrass the faces. And hopefully get the audience upset. But eventually the audience started liking what I was doing. And they were starting to laugh, so I went and turned myself face on accident, and uh, so Kane came out and crushed me on Raw, and then I went to SmackDown, and then it was a face.
0: Wow! You
1: didn't know if I and then and then even then you didn't know if I was gay or not.
0: That was so. I mean, yep.
1: What was I gay?
0: You wouldn't know. It kept me guessing. Um, when I was watching yeah,
1: you. I did funny things. I mean, I slapped your ass. I rode you like a horse. Jumped in your arms, kissed you in the cheek, kissed you in the mouth. <laughs> but then, when I had to go by and win, all of a sudden, a different side of that character, Rico, mm-hmm. the makeup Rico, came out and he whipped your ass. With a, lot of, with a lot of moves. A lot of was martial arts. And I had my own specialty move. In fact, my moonsault, Bill DeMa called it the high hard one.
0: That's a good name.
1: That's what he called it. He goes, oh no, we're just going for the high hard one. <laughs> and there I went. And then I had one where I jumped, I pulled the and fell on my back, mm-hmm. my knees on their back. That was called the sideburn stunner. Yeah. I had my spin kick, had that step when I kicked them in the gut, roundhouse kicked them in the gut, and then stepped over and kicked them in the face, that heel kick. Remember that one?
0: Yeah, I remember that heel kick. Yes, I did.
1: Yeah. That and spin kick. So, but see, even then, you didn't know if I was actually gay or I was playing gay and Al Snow Kaz, and um, Al Snow Kaz, and Bill DeMott would, would say this during my matches you know Rico's a heck of a wrestler even J.R. would and he said I think he's just doing this to get inside the wrestler's head to get him off their game so they would be saying that when I was doing my shenanigans but when it came down to putting, putting... the ass whooping, then Rico did it. And then when, I, when Charlie joined the team, that was hilarious. Now you really didn't know what was going on. Because, you know, it was a triangle. Jackie loved Rico. Rico liked Charlie. Charlie liked Jackie. Rico was pinching Charlie's butt. Rico was doing things to Charlie to get him to whoop people's ass. In our tag matches. So... You know. So you couldn't really tell. That was the dichotomy. That's the same dichotomy Cain had. When Kane was behind the mask.
0: Yep, I remember that.
1: Years he was behind that mask. It just, and then they took the mask off him, and then they put it back on him. Once that mask came off, that was it for that type of character, for the, the mystique of that. Same um, Adrian Adonis. He tried, Vince tried this the thing with the flamboyant wrestler, but he had Adrian Adonis come out and just flat out say he was gay. But boom, boom, it blew the character. Mm-hmm. Blew it. And Vince, well, before I left, because I asked for a raise and that's, I, that's one of the reasons, I think that's the reason why I got released. He tried to have that other guy do my character. Uh, what, what's, what's his name? Came
0: out. He just came out in the last rumble. Uh, was, it, or Mar- was it? Was it? i got somebody else do. Huh? Uh, was it? Uh, the character you're thinking about was trying to take your place, in the more Flamboyant. buoyant yeah. um, was that. Um, trying to, I, I, I can picture it. I'm trying to think of the name of that wrestler, yeah. but didn't work. I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Well, then that character didn't work no more, and then he, then he tries for somebody to do it. And he flops at it. So, yeah, he, he just came out in this last Rumble, I heard. I, I, I had his name. I see his face. Sam Morelli or, which, I don't know, Martinelli. I don't
0: know. But whatever. <laughs> hey, you're the best at it. So, uh, Rico. Uh, but So where uh, can everybody find you on social media as well so they can follow you? Nah,
1: I'm not. I don't do social media. Uh,
0: uh,
1: I don't because I can't answer everybody, <laughs> and, I, and that I, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Bowen, when he gets when he gets fans ask me because Kenny's got a direct line to me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. I didn't know this until about a couple of years ago. There is an Enrico Costantino appreciation page. Okay, and it's run by a gentleman, Harry, in South Korea. And he runs the page. Uh, he puts stuff up, and I just figured out the other day how to answer messages. I answered a girl from 2017, and she got she can't got back to me within 15 minutes. It was hilarious. But uh, yeah, he, he runs that page, and he gets me messages, and I either write him or now I can figure out how to answer fans. But I'm, I don't do Twitter or Facebook. The reason reason I have Messenger and Facebook is because of the GoFundMe page.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I, I'm not I'm not part of the. I'm not a big fan of the social media. And hey, look what I had for breakfast. Yeah. Look, I'm over here driving. I there's too much to do in a day, for me to be on social media. And if I couldn't answer everybody back, it, I would just feel like crap.
0: Yeah, I would I would too. I mean, if someone was trying to find me like that and Bob wasn't on it and I figured out how to do it, I would feel the same way. Yeah, I, I totally agree and totally respect your wishes while you're not on social media. <laughs> yeah.
1: But anybody who knows Kenny Bowen can even get a hold of me at any time. And does.
0: All right. So,
1: yeah. So, um, Kenny the Stallmaker Bowen. He does that. So, yeah.
0: Uh, So, uh, thank you uh, so much for taking your time to come on to the show.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. I hope people uh, enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) uh, I think they will, and I'm definitely going to have you on again. I definitely want to do a part two because you have some more stories to share, you know, and um, I don't want to, you know, give everybody the whole, you know, frosting of the cake. You know, I I just want to give... slices here and there but definitely we're going to do a part two
1: okay you just you you have my number so yes I do direct number, so uh if anybody has questions for you um I I told this to this other gentleman I said because you know a lot of people do know my story and they have they have their own questions and yeah sometimes this is taped and not really live Mm -hmm. I asked this other gentleman who I'm going to do a podcast he's in the UK Mm mm-hmm I said, get in touch with your audience now. Tell them that I'm going to be on at, on this date. Ask them, is there anything they want to ask of me? Yes. Because so it's not a live show. So I can answer these questions, and then when you edit and put it on, mm-hmm. they've got their questions answered. You know, you say, hey, this is uh, Johnny from Longshire, England, wants to know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I said, uh, do that, do a section there. And I said, because I'd really like to know what the fans think. I didn't even know I had a fan base in the UK. You know, I, I've been gone 15 years, you know, over 15. You know, we haven't even talked about Japan yet.
0: Oh, we're going to do that on the next podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, because I'm just, I just wanted to the story from the OVW to the, you know, Gladiators, to WWE. That's just your first half of the story. I want to get into your next half of the story. We talk about Japan and you trying out for a certain NFL team, all that great stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. We'll do that. All right. All righty.
0: So we'll call this, you know, Rico the Stylist on WrestlePopcast Part 1. Okay. But like I said, thank right. you so much. Um, I got your number and um, I will also uh, 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 give you my personal number so you can have it as well.
1: I just give me a text of it and that would
0: be great. All right. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can follow Wrestle Podcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net and you can follow my platforms Wrestle Podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Facebook at Robin Paul Nelson, Twitter at Rob Kicks, and subscribe on my YouTube page, Wrestle Podcast. Everybody have a great evening.